Hi, thank you for joining me again. This is Gary Zacharias with the Apologist Bookshelf. I'm taking another look at a book by Tim Keller. It's a small book, bite-sized book, called On Death. Real cheery topic. This is my second look at the book. I Back in uh, June, on June 13th, 2022, I did the first podcast on the book, uh, dealing with the first half of it, called The Fear of Death. And so if you want to go back and uh, take a look at the earlier part and then you put these two together and this will pretty much sum up the whole book so i i did about the first half of the book where he talks about the fear of death now i'd like to look at the second half which i like better <laughs> we all we all have that fear in the back of our minds but this one is the rupture of death subtitled do not grieve like those without hope Oh, by the way, while I'm thinking about it, uh, I just saw that Tim Keller is now releasing all of his sermons uh, free of charge if people want to go and download and listen to his sermons. And he's delivered some amazing sermons in the past that you might uh, enjoy listening to. So uh, Gospel and Life is the organization, or just type in Tim Keller, and you can find uh, ways to access that free list of his uh, past sermons. Okay, so this is the, the rupture of death, and he starts off with a quote from First Thessalonians. Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope, for we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. So he said, you know, in the previous chapter, he talked about how to face your own death without fear, but he said, how do we face the death of loved ones? Oh, that is a hard one. I've lost some friends and loved ones. Um he says, take a look at that statement by Paul again in 1 Thessalonians. Said He's actually saying, I want you to grieve hopefully. So he's going to pick up on those two words, grieve hopefully. He points out that Paul didn't say, stop grieving or don't grieve. He says, Christians can and must grieve profoundly and fully, and yet do so with hope. So says, How does that work? So he starts with the first one about grieve hopefully. He starts with grieve. He said, we're not supposed to do the stoic kind of response of just suck it up, just have a stiff lip, just plunge ahead and, and keep going. He says, death was not in God's original design for the world. He says, you look in the early chapters of Genesis, we weren't meant to die. We we're meant to last. And Paul says in Romans eight eighteen to 23, when we turned from God to be our own lords and our own saviors, that's when everything broke. We broke relationships. We broke our relationship to God and to each other. Our bodies broke down. Nature broke down. Nothing is working the way it was originally designed. It's all broken. Death is part of that. And so this idea of keep a stiff upper lip, that's wrong. That's that's not the way you want to approach things. So he says, uh, secular advice for the bereaved is some version of stoicism, for example, uh, like people will say, well, just look at death as a, just a natural part of the life cycle. It's just part of life. It's nothing to be afraid of. Our bodies enrich the earth. Uh, we become stardust. We're still part of the universe. It's okay. Well, really, is that is that comforting? I don't think so. Death is not right. It's not the way it ought to be. It's not the way God made the world. The deepest desires of our hearts are for a love that lasts. And the Bible says... It's okay to weep, but weep with those who are weeping. That's Romans twelve fifteen. But we've got the second half of that phrase there. We're to grieve, yes, but we're to grieve with hope, which is uh, pretty amazing, isn't it? So it said, 
he said, how do we do that? He said, well, just think about what happened with Jesus. Because of his death, we're released from sin and death, and we share in his resurrection. And if it's okay, I, I want to read just a section in Romans 6, 5 through 9 that Keller refers to here. If we have been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin, because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. So he says, uh, we, we do need to grieve, but we can grieve with profound hope. Yeah. So what are some of the features of this hope that Keller's going to talk about that we have in the face of death? Well, first of all, he says it's personal hope that we have. Um, he says, compare that to something like Buddhism. Buddhism says, well, there's life after death, but you lose your personal consciousness. You lose your identity. You, you lose your individuality. That's just an illusion anyway. It's, you're like a drop going back into the ocean. You don't be, remain a drop. You're becoming part of the all soul. But that's not the Christian view. He references uh, Thessalonians 4, 16 to 18, and it references we will be with one another. So we will be with the Lord forever, right? So we're going to be with one another. You'll be with people you've lost. And the, and the key word was together. That means a personal relationship. In heaven, Keller says, that love that we will experience is going to be infinitely greater than anything we've known here. Isn't that great? So there's the first kind of hope. He talks about that as personal hope. What other kind of hope do we have? Material hope. Well, yes, we think our souls go to heaven after we die, but that's not the end of our salvation. We don't float around as ethereal spirits just playing our little harps or something. At the end of all things, we get new bodies. We're going to be raised like Jesus was raised. And, you know, to me, that's I find that fascinating because I do think a lot of churches preach the business about to die is to go with Jesus and our souls go on. You know, the body may go on the ground, but our souls go on. So the emphasis is on our souls, but that's not the final uh, end product that we get. We will be raised like Jesus. Jesus, when he was risen, he met his disciples. He insisted he had flesh and bones. He wasn't a spirit. So Christianity offers not just a spirit future, a renewed heavens and earth, a perfected material world where all suffering and tears and disease and evil and injustice and death have been eliminated. Our future is not an immaterial one. As Keller says, we're not going to be floating around in the kingdom of God like ghosts. We're going to walk, eat, hug, and be hugged. Um, I just, If I can just take a second on that last phrase about being hugged. My wife and I have been uh, watching The Chosen. If you have a chance, uh, you might enjoy that, the story of Jesus and his disciples. And what always gets me is when a disciple or somebody who's been healed comes up to Jesus and gives him a hug and is hugged back. I can just feel that. The warmth just goes through me at that time. He says, we're going to, back to Keller here, we're going to love, we're going to sing because we're going to have vocal cords. We'll all do this with satisfaction and beauty and power that we can't even imagine. He says, we're going to eat and drink with the Son of Man. Wow. He says, this is not just a consolation in heaven, it's a restoration. He says, we're going to see each other and say things like, I always knew you could be like this. I saw glimpses of it. I saw flashes of it. Now look at you. So we have those two kinds of hopes, personal hope, 
we have a material hope. And he calls it, third one is a beatific hope. Now that word beatific uh, comes from the idea of a beatific vision. That's the idea that we will see the God, the God of the universe. We'll see him face to face. And when we look into the face of Christ, that's going to completely transform us. We were created to know and love God supremely, to, to see his beauty. And uh, we can't see his glory yet with our physical eyes, but through faith, we at least get a, a sense or a presence of it. But it's going to be amazing at that time. Um, he says, that's what we're built for. Psalm 16 ends with this. In your face is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Psalm 17, 15 says, after death, when I awake, I will be satisfied with seeing your likeness. It says, anything great or wonderful in this world that we look at, I mean, think about Yosemite or think about the Grand Canyon, whatever it is. It's just an echo. It's just a foretaste of what's, what the vision of God and the new heaven and new earth, the, the world of love is going to be like. So there's the beatific hope. And he says, we have another kind of hope, assured hope. So if I can go back, we have a personal hope. We have a material hope. We have a beatific hope. He says we have an assured hope. Well, what is he talking about there? Well, he says other religions have a belief in the afterlife, but they have no firm assurance. I mean, think about the Muslims. They don't know if they've done enough good deeds. Every other religion is like that. They're not sure because they don't have Christ taking their sins upon them. But what does Paul say? We believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. So it's when Jesus paid that debt of sin with his death, he was resurrected. The law and death didn't have a claim on him. And it doesn't have a claim on us if we believe in him. Look at Romans 8.1. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We're just as free from condemnation as if we'd paid the penalty ourselves. That's assured hope. That's wonderful, isn't it? And then toward the end of the chapter here, he talks about we are to laugh and sing for joy. He says a funeral confronts us with the fact that someday that's going to be our funeral that people will be attending. So he sums it up again. We should grieve, yet we should have hope. We should wake up from our denial and discover a source of peace that's not going to leave us. And he says, finally, we should laugh and sing about this. Uh, think about, he says, the Bible says, when the Son of God returns, the mountains and the woods will sing for joy. When the Son of God rises with healing in his wings, when Jesus Christ comes back, the Bible says the mountains and the trees will sing for joy because in his hands we finally become everything God intended us to be. Uh, he says if it's true that the mountains and the trees will sing for joy, what will we be able to do? Isn't that amazing? Oh, that just gives me a, 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 just a real thrill to think about it. He, uh, at the end of the chapter, he quotes from George Herbert, famous English uh, writer, uh, poet, and um uh, he was a 17th century English uh, poet. He said, death used to be an executioner, but the gospel makes him just a gardener. Isn't that wonderful? So death used to be able to crush us. It would kill us. That was the end. But now all death can do is plant us in God's soil so we become something extraordinary, so we really bloom. Um, one last quote I think is wonderful. When the famous Chicago minister Dwight Moody was dying, Here's what he said. Pretty soon you're going to read in the Chicago papers that Dwight Moody is dead. Don't you believe it. I'll be more alive than I am right now. Uh, and then at the end of the chapter, again, gives me goosebumps. 
Grieve with hope, Keller says. Wake up and be at peace. Laugh in the face of death and sing for joy at what's coming. If Jesus Christ has you by the hand, you can sing. So this is a short booklet, like I said. Uh, I think it's wonderful. It's How to Find God series of books. And this one is on death, of course, something that we all fear. But uh, I like everything that Keller puts out. So I hope you would enjoy this one, too, On Death by Tim Keller. And again, take a look. Maybe you can find his uh, free series of sermons and download some of those and enjoy them as well. All right, well, thanks for your time. Talk to you later.